0: Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. Broadcasting live from the Anchorage, Alaska studios. No, I'm just kidding. I kind of wish I was in Anchorage, Alaska today. It's already hot here in Florida, but it's always a gorgeous day in Florida as the sun is always shining somewhere in Florida because we're such a big state. And I joke around like that because how often do we just take for granted the normal things in life? Have you taken time to join the I Work For Him Nation? Listen, not a club you're joining. We just want Christ followers in the workplace around the world, right here, in Tampa Bay, across the United States, and around the world, to make that commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day, to make the commitment to serve those that you work along, to make that commitment to start looking for ways to befriend people. Honestly, honestly. Jesus befriended people before he called them to repentance. He loved them right where they're at before he called them to repentance. That's what we need to do as members of the I Work For Him Nation. Two other things. Number one, that we look for opportunities to pray with people. When you see that their countenance may be just a little down today, they just don't look like they're doing as good as they could be doing or that you've seen them in the past. And finally, members of the I Work For Him Nation are people of excellence. They serve in their workplace with an attitude of gratitude. They understand that they work for the Lord and everything they do is for his glory and for his honor. I work for him nation. Go out to iworkforhim.com, I click on the I work for him nation flag. It's going to change your life. Not because it's I work for him, because it's a commitment between you and the Lord to start impacting your workplace. Go out there tonight, iworkforhim.com, and tomorrow, start changing your workplace by allowing the Lord to transform your heart. Romans 12 says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Really? That's right. Being a Christ follower, we've got to ignore, we've got to reject the behaviors and customs of this world because they no longer represent anything having to do with God. But Paul goes on to say to the Romans, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's what it means to be part of the I work for him nation that we're st- We just stop copying the ridiculous behavior of this world and sometimes of the church and recognize that as a member of the body of Christ, we are called. We have a very high calling to bring our faith with us wherever we go to be equipped and to be willing to share today. We've got an interview with a fantastic lady named Elizabeth Diane. She's a single mom, she's an entrepreneur, and she has gone through the Nehemiah Project's Biblical Entrepreneurship Studies. And as I heard her story, I thought this would be a fantastic story to bring out here And I Work For Him. Let me just do some clarifications before we bring Elizabeth on. A lot of you hear the commercials every day for the Nehemiah Project, and you think, well, I'm not a business owner, I don't need to go through this, or I'm thinking about being a business owner, but maybe maybe it doesn't really fit. The Biblical Entrepreneurship Study is for anybody who is thinking that maybe business is what God is calling them to do. It, it, you don't have to have a degree to get into the program. You don't have to have a degree to get out of the program. Biblical Entrepreneurship 1, 2, and 3 will transform your life as how you look at your workplace, whether you go on to start a business or not. So welcome with me, Elizabeth Diane. How are you today? And thanks for coming on I work for Him.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited for the opportunity.
0: Well, I just really want people to hear your story, Elizabeth. I really want people to know how God is working in your life. And, and you've got some unique struggles, not so unique that they're not repeated, unfortunately, across the country, but unique where you've allowed the Lord to really transform your workplace and your attitude towards your workplace. But before we get yeah. to that, why don't you just first start off with how is Christ making an impact in your life today?
1: You know, I think my relationship with Christ over the last couple of years has really taken another, a different direction. I've, I grew up in a Christian home. I was very fortunate. And then I went to Bible college after and realizing that Christ is my Savior and my connector to the Father's heart. And He has really, over the last few years, helped me to realize that He's connecting me to Daddy God's heart so that our, my little family can have the best, Um, the best daddy in our family we could ever ask for, which is Father God and seeing that in a tangible way. And um, as my kids say, we have the best, you know, heavenly daddy until he might want to, until God might want to bring an earthly daddy to our family. And I think the other way is that he continues to redeem every part of my life and he continues to pick us up when we get weak, to give us strength when when we get weak to heal our hopes or to heal our hurts and to give me just more hope for the future. And I was just talking to um my mom and earlier today and thinking, what would we do? How can we not have faith in the Lord? When He so faithfully provides for all of our needs. Every single day, there's a way of provision. There's love that we just can't explain. Even when we don't feel worthy of that love, he just continues to hold us. And so I think really every day i just i'm so thankful for who christ is in my life and that he's given me father god direct access to father god and he's given me the holy spirit which i'm continually say, Holy spirit I need your wisdom Holy Spirit I need your discernment in this situation how do I do this align all the details in my life so that I'm walking out the plans and purposes that God has for my children and I
0: Elizabeth you've got some challenges yet being a single mom today is not an unusual circumstance unfortunately and so mm-hmm. there's so there's unfortunate it's one of the toughest jobs in the world though as I as I know a lot of single moms it's a tough job so talk about the kind of work that you do and then we'll back into it, how the Nehemiah Project impacted that, but what kind of work do you do today?
1: All right, so I went to grad school to go into counseling, and while I was in grad school, so I was working full-time, raising my two kids in graduate school full-time, and I was in there, and I took a coaching course, and then studying Alfred Adler, and I really, I then identified that coaching was more in alignment with my God's Given purpose and kind of who God naturally made me to be. And it also reflected what I saw Jesus doing with a lot of people. He coaches people towards their freedom, He coaches people towards their victory and into their healing. He takes them from their current situation and moves them forward. And I think that I really resonated that there is definitely a, path, a place for counseling. And I'm passionate about that and going into people's paths and, you know, doing a lot of past healing work to bring them up to the present moment. And then there's something very amazing and transformational about taking somebody from their, from their current situation, helping them create the future that they want, their God's design. What are their passions that, or their dreams that maybe they keep putting on the back burner, you know, because they've got to make ends meet or whatever that is. And I thought, you know, coaching is what I love. And so after that, a few months after grad school, again, I was looking for jobs in the mental health. Um, field and industry, which is, again, I'm passionate about that as well, but God opened up the door to be a business coach. And I kept questioning the Lord, Lord, why do you have me working as a business coach? Why this? And he began to just give me a huge heart for business owners and kind of what business owners carry. And I was able to facilitate forums, do business coaching, and I love it. And so that is what I do Now, as well as working with Nehemiah, is primarily coaching, moving into training, doing a lot more training, and then doing some writing but would like to move more into writing, um, you know, in the near future. So that's primarily what I do is coaching, training, writing, working with individuals, and working with business owners.
0: Now, are you only doing business coaching in Oregon, or are you doing business coaching around the country?
1: Yeah, we actually, um, I've done business coaching with people in different states. The great thing about technology is we can use different platforms, Zoom, GoToMeeting, Skype if it's international, Zoom if it's international. Um, and then on the phone, you know, some really great, amazing coaching can happen over the phone. So it doesn't have to be just in Oregon. Even when it is in Oregon, it doesn't mean it has to be in person. Got it. Um, so we just make it work.
0: So what size, and I'm trying to give you some you know, little uh, free commercial time here, what size business owner or what size business, The oh, wow, I don't know, I, my lips, I rented them just at lunchtime and they're just not working right now. What size businesses do you typically coach the owner?
1: So I work with companies that tend to be around a couple million. Um, some of my colleagues work with companies that are a lot bigger Um to have more revenue coming in, more employees coming in. Um, so far, up to this point, I've worked with you know, businesses up to a couple million dollars.
0: Now, are you doing Chris's, Christian business coaching or is this just general business coaching?
1: Great question. So my passion um, is to do business coaching with anybody, regardless of their faith background. And when I first got into business coaching, I didn't work with any Christian business owners, and it wasn't until working with Kingdom Business Coaching that I started working more with Christian business owners. The cool thing about working with non-Christian business owners is you can come in um, and you carry the Holy Spirit and you carry the presence of God, so you can help them align with their values and speak life and speak hope, and that might be their only the only person. That is speaking a sense of hope into their business or speaking life into their business or speaking health or saying, I care about you enough to say, how's your marriage? How's your health? You know, there's one client that I said, have you made that doctor's appointment? I know it's important to you. And just holding them accountable for the things that are important in all areas of life, primarily focused on strategic planning and um, business coaching, but also being aware
0: that our life is integrated well and i I don't call myself a business coach because i don't have the training that you do but i call myself a business mentor and i always ask those questions of the business owners that i'm talking to because if they're and i'm dealing with men strictly i don't coach women but when i when i do i always say listen if your priorities at home are screwed up it impacts your business and people think well no Uh no i can and guys always think that well i can compartmentalize that (laughs) yeah right but you can't if your marriage is a mess you can't compartmentalize it from your workplace. If your kids are mm-hmm. a mess, you can't compartmentalize it. They're too deep to your core. And, and so, right. I, I like I like what you're doing. So, those small businesses that you're dealing with, what is the typical thing? And I know I didn't tell you I was going to ask you these questions, but I, but I love people hearing this because people are listening and they're going, "Hey, I could use some help with that." What are the mm-hmm. typical things that you're helping business coach? Is there is there an average thing? Like I end up coaching on this subject the most often.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it is they're just not in alignment. I think that so many people, they get into business so that they can live in freedom, so they can have their cash flow, they can have their revenue, and they can have freedom of time. But then what happens is they get into business, they're working in business every single day, and their business begins to consume them. So then you're right. It hurts their marriage. It hurts their relationship with their kids. It impacts their health because of the stress. They're not sleeping well. Maybe they're overweight, um, whatever that looks like. Or they're having heart issues because of stress, you know, those things. And then I think also so we can help with alignment. But then I think what often comes up, too, is we get so focused on the present. We don't take that time to stop and breathe and dream about the future, you know, what is the purpose of this business? What is the vision? Where can I take it to the next level? There was one gentleman that I had been working with for a while, and it was about a year into our coaching relationship. And I said, in one year, where do you want to be? What would be like your most amazing thing that you could accomplish in one year with your business and with your family? And he began to share. And one of the things was he wanted to be more intentional with planning with his wife for their family and getting a calendar together. So we put some things together for them to do that. And then he said, I want to open up a second business. So we worked with him to open up his second location. And there was another, there. I worked with a group of um, their partners, their three equal partners in a business. And we were doing strategic planning. And in that strategic planning, they said, We want to buy our location. We want to open up our second, our second location in a new region. And so they did that. And it's amazing to see, even once we give people the space to stop and think and dream, and we begin to speak it out loud, we kind of hear what the possibilities are. Whereas if we don't stop and speak those things out loud, we get stuck in the moment. And it's like we keep doing day in, day out, what's paying the bills, what is, what is it taking just to keep this thing running or to pay the employees? And then we get exhausted. So it's giving ourselves the space. I think that's a lot, too. We do a lot of strategic planning,
0: you well, know, I, 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 mm-hmm. I love that. Some great stuff. As you go through this stuff, and I know you said not all your clients are Christ followers. How often do you mm-hmm. get a chance to bring faith into the center of that conversation? How often do you get to bring up what Christ has done for you?
1: That's a great question. So I tend to be, um, keep it. I don't bring it up. I will say things like, I will pray for you, you know, and then as we warm into the relationship, they'll ask me, well, how are you doing? And, you know, um, we'll share like what we did on the weekend. I say, yeah, my kids and I, we went to church and, you know, so then we slowly bring it in. Um, I do go, I don't necessarily feel called to, um, maybe evangelize or bring Scripture into it, but I do feel very much passionate and feel called that we're bringing values and we're beginning and that it's a doorway. Lately, the Lord has been speaking to me um, over the last probably couple months about this business idea that I'm going to be kind of reviving, and I keep feeling like this is a doorway. In Nehemiah Project, we have what we call Purpose and Profitability, which is similar to our Biblical Entrepreneurship Program, but it doesn't use Scripture. And so I really feel like creating a doorway, because the Lord tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I really believe that by my actions, by my encouragement, by my hope, by helping people align with values that we're preaching the gospel, and that's part of what the Holy Spirit is doing. To water those seeds that are being planted, or maybe it's planting seeds into people's lives.
0: Well, and I think that there's no question when you when you live and breathe Jesus, it comes out in conversation. And someday people are going to ask you, but you also have that opportunity to recognize when people are struggling, and that's when you get the door to open and go, "Hey, what's yes. going on? I noticed you're just a little down yes. today." And you get an opportunity to pray with them, and it really yeah. starts to open up some doors. We're talking today Absolutely. with Elizabeth Diane. She's the Entrepreneurship Institute Director for the nehemiahproject.org. And you might wonder, Jim, why do I care? Here's the deal. There's a lot of people listening today that think, I just wish I could quit this job and start my own business. But if that's what you're thinking, that's why the Nehemiah Project is so important. You can take these courses and find out how to be a biblical entrepreneur. Elizabeth, you had the opportunity To go through the biblical entrepreneurship programs at the nehemiah project how did you find out about the nehemiah project
1: my friends and colleague um so ted adams and scott landis had taken biblical entrepreneurship and they i saw the way that they worked i saw the impact that it had in their life and this was when i was doing business coaching for another firm and I thought, wow, that is really amazing. And then Scott kept saying, hey, I'm going to, he became an instructor, and he said, I'm going to teach a class. I want you to be my student. I'm like, okay, well, maybe someday, or I don't have enough money for it, or whatever. I had an excuse for everything. And then I finally said, okay, let's take it because I know it's going to help me be a better coach for business owners. And that was my initial goal. And then it just completely transformed my thinking. And I actually took biblical entrepreneurship one twice. Um, when I became an independent contractor and business owner, I took it a second time.
0: So did you go through BE2 and BE3 as well?
1: Yes, I went through biblical entrepreneurship two, and then I am almost through BE3. I have put a pause on it because I'm focusing on developing some things for Nehemiah Projects. And then also with Kingdom Business Coaching, um, my project for BE3, my business plan is focusing on what we're developing with Kingdom Business Coaching, uh, kind of a segment of that. And so i with Patrice and Scott, and we decided to put that on a short pause so we could get these other things up and running, and then I'll come back to it. But I've completed um, the coursework, just not the finalization of the plan yet.
0: Okay, so how long did it take? And you're a single mom, so people have to put it through that filter. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of demands yeah. on your time. I mean, it, it's not uh, like you, oh, it's goodness. not like you just you could just say, "Well, okay, kids, uh, just hang out with dad for the day." No, you you've got to, you're doing it all. You're doing the grocery right. shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, and the buying, the clothes, and working. Yeah. So, how all long did it. it take for you?
1: Um. So I, the first time I took it, I actually both times I took it, I did it through a weekly webinar, and then. The second time was a combination of webinar, and I think our last couple classes were live because everybody on the webinar was local. So it took probably about 10 weeks to complete, and then BE2 was about the same, and then BE3 was about the same. And what's really great about our program, though, is we have so many different formats that we have live classes that you can take within a period of three days. We have self-study classes. That you can take where you can completely, it's a one-on-one, you're working with an instructor who's also been trained as a coach, so they're coaching you through it. So you really can adjust it to your schedule and you can go through it as quickly or as long as you would like. We have a BE certificate program where you can do BE one through three in six months. It really it's so flexible, which I love the flexibility of
0: it. And when you say BE, just to repeat that, biblical entrepreneurship. We're talking today with Elizabeth uh-huh. Diane. She's the Entrepreneurship Institute Director from the Nehemiah Project. You can find them uh-huh. online at nehemiahproject.org. So you're going through these classes, and I've taken BE one. In fact, I have it sitting right next to me. All my curriculum I actually printed it out, which was, you know, it's like an inch uh-huh. thick. How hard did you find it? I mean, did you think this was this is really hard?
1: Actually, no. It was not hard academically for me. It was BE2 and BE3 were probably academically a little bit more challenging, um, but it was not hard. And I think because the instructors are there. I think with BE1, though, it challenged me. It challenged my thinking. It challenged the way my perception, the way I look at God, how I interact with God. It challenged the way I interact with people, and the way I thought about business. So hard, not so much hard, but challenging in a really good way that really propelled growth. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Very challenging in
0: really good ways. So it was challenging spiritually and mentally, not necessarily academically. And that's and, and that's because and I went through it. I would say the same thing because it really you could get through and answer the answers and fill in the blanks and underline things and answer the questions at the end of the chapters, but it was where the Lord was taking you on that ride. Yeah, you're like, ooh, yeah. uh, that was yeah. I mean, it's like okay, what yeah. really, what, really in an ideal world, you'd have some time after every session to just go be quiet for an hour. Where you could just Absolutely. Say, so you can really Absolutely. kind of flush through what you just heard. But I know mm-hmm. you don't necessarily get a chance to do that all the time. Talk right. about your 16? biggest... Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say a couple things. One, we have high school, junior high and high school students who do our Young Biblical Entrepreneurship Program, and they're doing the same curriculum. It's tailored for youth. It's presented in a way for youth. We have them doing it. So if they can do it, then any adult... Can do it no matter where you're at in life, whether you've graduated high school or not, went to college or not. Anyone can do it and the instructor is there to walk with you. I think what you are saying too is the key is to really take that time to integrate it because that's where it no longer is head knowledge, but it's heart knowledge and it's applying what you're learning to see the transformation. Because anybody can take the class and not see the results in our everyday life because of not being accountable or not integrating it. So the key for transformation is really taking it. How can I make these changes in my life? What would it look like if I applied this principle? How does my thinking need to change so that I can move in a new direction? Because otherwise, we keep spinning in circles. Maybe it's a different season, but we're repeating ourselves or we're repeating things. And so really with BE, or, you know, biblical entrepreneurship, it allows us to stop think, and we have to integrate it. Otherwise, it will be any other Bible study or any other class that you take, any other business class, unless with the Holy Spirit, you put it to action and you integrate it.
0: So really quickly, coming up on the break, what was your biggest takeaway?
1: My biggest takeaway was learning to co-create with God, that it's not just God saying, this is what I want you to do, but Him saying, hey, let's create together. I want to co-create with you. And really, yes, the Lord has his plans and purposes for our lives, but he also gives us a free will, and he's like, what are your ideas? You're made in my image. Let's create together.
0: Your experience with the Biblical Entrepreneurship Program, sponsored by the Nehemiah Project, you said that your biggest takeaway was to learn, you learned, or about learning how to co-create with God. Yes. That I have never heard anybody say that ever before. I oh. love that.
1: Yes. Yeah. So it means that when I wake up in the morning, and granted, I'm still learning to do this intentionally every day, because I think, as you said, as a mom, as a working mom, as a working professional, as a provider for a family, I wake up and I have list and list. Like sometimes my lists are two pages long and I get headaches and I get exhausted and I have to stop and say, Holy Spirit, let's create this day together. What is most valuable for my agenda today? And I have to really be in tune and hear that. Or, you know, Holy Spirit, let's create this vision together. You have a business plan in my heart. You have a business idea that I know is going to impact people. Help me create it. I don't want to do this on my own. And then it's my responsibility to be obedient with what I'm hearing and to follow through, because there have been times where he' gets giving me ideas, and I put them on the back burner because I'm trying to do what is making money for my family right now, right? right? So I need to be very intentional every single day saying, "What is most valuable?" There was one time I did that, and I'm not kidding. I felt the Holy Spirit say, "I want you to play with your kids first, because normally I get up. I do my devotions, I work out, and I start working, especially in the summer. I work really early in the morning so that when my kids wake up, you know, then I can be mommy and not have to work all day like when they're in school right now. And he said, I want you to play with your kids first. And so when they woke up, I was like, okay, let's pray. let's just play together. And it was the most amazing day. And then there's times where he's saying, I want you to follow up with this person. I want you to reach out to this person. We never know what God is wanting to do when we ask him to help us create our agenda, create his agenda, and ask him to help us with the plan. And then he comes up with these amazing solutions or dilemmas or whatever it is, even with my house. Like I'm pray- I am pray, through, Lord, what do you want this room to be? What is the purpose? You know, so for my living room where I'm sitting now, when we moved in, he said, I don't want you to have a TV in this room. This t- this room is going to be for relationships. It's going to be for um community and for worship. And so you see, my daughter has a little harp, and we have a piano, and we have violins, and a drum. I'm trying to cultivate what I feel the Holy Spirit is doing. So that's what I mean by co-creating with God. And it's exciting. Very exciting.
0: So really, going through biblical entrepreneurship didn't just impact you professionally. It impacted Mm -hmm. you personally. I mean, it really... It did a transformation on who you are and how you walk with the Lord.
1: It really did. It helped me understand how I steward my children. Because for so long, especially as a single mom, because when I say single mom, we don't have child support coming in. We don't have another person sharing the parental load or anything like that. So we really, I mean, we have amazing community and family in our area. Um, And so when I feel like the weight of that. I have to stop and say, wait a minute, I am not actually a single mom. God is in this with me because He is the Father of our home. And I realized through biblical entrepreneurship, too, that it's a two-way relationship. It's that He's wanting to create our future together. It's not for, I think, a long time. You know, even all through Bible college, I which I love Bible college. I'm thankful for that foundation. Um, Where'd you I go to Bible college?
0: Where'd you go to Bible I college?
1: Went I went to Life Pacific, um, Life Pacific College in Southern California, which is a four square denomination um, college. I felt called the ministry in high school and or in junior high and I knew that that's where I wanted to go to college. And I'm so thankful for my experience there. Very, very powerful. And then I did graduate school at Multnomah University, which is here in Portland.
0: Right. So talk to me about how you ne- then connect all this training you're a business coach you you mm-hmm. how you connected all the training that you've gotten through biblical entrepreneurship from the nehemiah project and how and your schooling your 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 degree your master's degree all of this stuff how does it come into play and how do you see God working in your work as a business coach a kingdom business coach every day how do you use all this stuff how does it come into play
1: well, I know that—so I was called into ministry at a very young age, and I always thought, oh, I'll be a youth pastor, and I was on staff at a church at one time. Um, but now it comes into play as I realize that business is ministry. It's not just, like, work. When In biblical entrepreneurship, we learn our work is our worship, and it is ministry. Raising my kids is ministry. Doing the grocery shopping, folding the laundry—all of it is ministry, and so I think that's how it comes into play. And with my graduate education, you know, focusing on psychology and counseling, understanding the internal of how we're wired, how we're created, helps me to understand how to work with people, too. And that's where I really understood my purpose for coaching, that this is just naturally who I am, is to be a coach.
0: So you've been doing the coaching, you've been a coach for how many years now?
1: Let's see, I finished, it's 2002, so about three years, three, four
0: years. Okay.
1: I've been doing business coaching.
0: All right, so the Lord has shown you already. I mean, I love the way you're asking questions about everything. I mean, and that's really the key when you said you'd even ask the Lord how you wanted to use the living room. I mean, so many of us, We no, and I'm not making fun of you, I think it's fantastic because so many of us think, well, the Lord's not interested in those details, those minute details of our lives, but you just gave witness that the Lord cares about those intimate details of your lives, including your schedule, when you're to work, when you're not to work, when you spend time with kids, when you're not, how you should even use a room. How do you teach that as a business coach to a non-Christ follower? How do you teach them to learn to rely on God without— I mean you're you really that's what you believe is the honest truth is that they need to be relying on God. So how do you bring that truth to them without shoving Jesus down their throat and but just being a representation of Jesus in the workplace?
1: That is a very good and challenging question and one that I'm still discovering how to do well. I believe that who we are and how we set an example and just my presence Is and who I am able to connect people with as well, again, kind of plants those seeds and sows those seeds. And that's a great question. I think, too, that um, understanding that there are good, godly values. And if something is not in alignment, then I ask questions. Um, I ask, well, how is that in alignment with those values? You know, things like that. So I do a lot of value-based coaching. I have not... Well, there's one gentleman who um, believes in God, not a Christian, but we would talk about prayer and being in the Word and things like that, and so you don't know necessarily how God's going to lead him to a deeper understanding of who he is. There's another gentleman that um, I've worked with who um, recently has shared some information about um, their past and their their CEO, and then they had... um, some significant things, um, some legal things happened that were not good in their past. And we were at a Starbucks, and I just said, you know, I believe that God is taking you to where you are going to walk in victory. And so I'm beginning those conversations with this gentleman, where we never had those conversations before. But as it gets more, I guess you could say intimate in the way that, you're sharing details that you don't just share with everyone, then you can really begin to seek life and have that non-judgmental hope. And With this particular situation, I thought, you know, at one point I would have been very judgmental on what what this gentleman was sharing with some of his past struggles and things like that. But I thought, because of where the Lord has brought me, I'm able to say, God is taking you into a place of victory. God's love for you is amazing, and you are going to continue walking in freedom. And he's actually signed up to take our biblical entrepreneurship class in oh, June cool. here locally, which I'm excited about, because I've known him for years but didn't know his relationship with the Lord or what his beliefs were or anything like that. So he's, he's learning a lot.
0: So let me let me interrupt you. I just want to let people know. Hey, we're talking today with Elizabeth Diane. She's the Entrepreneurship Institute Director for the Nehemiah Project. You can find out more about them online at nehemiahproject.org. And if you're just tuning in now, you need to go back and listen to the rest of the archive, because she's given you all kinds of great reasons why you should be checking it out. She's also a, a business coach. And Elizabeth, right before I interrupted you, you mentioned how you get into some pretty intimate conversations, and you mentioned that you're coaching a gentleman. A lot of people would tell you, and I'm sure your psychology masters told you this, that there's an inherent danger in women coaching men and men coaching women just because of the depth of the conversations, because if you're really going to coach somebody, you got to be able to deal with the, the junk that people are carrying around. How do you maintain, really in a purposeful manner, the professionalism and keep it so so you keep it um, in a safe level. I mean, because if you're coaching guys, just like I would tell you if I'm coaching women, I mean, how do you keep it safe? What are you doing to keep yourself safe there?
1: That's a great question. And it is something that I'm very aware of and very mindful about. And I think it starts with how I present myself, you know, very professional, very business, you know, very mindful on what I'm wearing. Um, I think it's key for women to be especially for women in the workplace is being mindful of what you're wearing and how that might be portrayed or how that might come across to another individual. Um, and then to be, be very discerning. And I ask the Lord for discernment and the moment I start to feel something that's just, you know, you just have that kind of inner nudge. I pull in a male colleague and there have been times too, where I have, um, You know, I've started meeting with a gentleman, and I just thought, you know, this is not feeling right for whatever reason, and I refer him to somebody else for coaching. So, also talk. mm Go ahead. No, go ahead. Talk about you know my kids, and I think asking when they're married, asking about their wives, bringing their wives into the picture, really acknowledging the importance of marriage, and acknowledging that when a couple is in business together. I coach them together. I think that's incredibly important. When they're not all the way maybe leading the business together, I still highly encourage that both the husband and the wife are working together at some level or discussing the business and the future of the business
0: um, together. Now, Elizabeth, I haven't even asked you any of those questions about what your job is and what your role is within the Nehemiah Project, but we don't even really have time for that. What I really have time for is for you to let our audience know who should be considering Checking out biblical entrepreneurship online.
1: Excellent question. I really feel, especially with biblical entrepreneurship, one, whether you own a business, you're working in a business, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe um, it's a husband and wife who want to rethink their finances or the way they think about their finances or just life. I mean, it's really about understanding our identity, how to steward what he's given us. We all have been given gifts, talents responsibilities, opportunities, and it's really about understanding how to identify those and how to steward them well in a way that glorifies the Lord and impacts other people. So I think, I really feel that everybody can take double entrepreneurship. It's not exclusively for business owners. Yes, they're going to see incredible impact and transformation in their business. Um, college students, high school students, again, stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, Anyone. And if you're married, I highly recommend married couples to do it together. It is incredible the unity that it brings in a marriage relationship around finances, around just their identity, God, thinking. It's incredible the testimony that I've heard from couples who take biblical entrepreneurship together
0: and the beautiful part about these classes biblical entrepreneurship one two and three is they're incredibly flexible you can go take them live you can see them online you can study them online it's it's very flexible last question as we're heading out to the break and the end of the show sure. as you look at how the lord is working in your life and all the things that you've seen him do what do you I mean, Your business, I want to make sure you can plug your website for how people get a hold of you. I forgot to say that. What's your website?
1: Well, we'll do NehemiahProject.org. You're welcome to um, contact there. You're welcome to email me at Elizabeth at NehemiahProject.org. And um, we can definitely set up some time to call and answer questions and talk about whatever questions you may have as a result of of this opportunity.
0: All right. And finally, just really, where do you see the Lord taking you next? In 30 seconds, what do you see that's next for Elizabeth Diane?
1: I see the Lord leading us into, again, an opportunity where it's creating a business in a way that is going to help people walk in freedom, understand their God-given identity, and be able to walk in victory, and continue that alignment of values. And it's really, it's about understanding identity and walking in freedom and so I have some business ideas that I'm going to be implementing in the near future for business owners again and then also some for the community um, you know, where I want to work with people who are needing to find their job placement or whatever that looks like. There's so many tools that I think I have experience in and that we have available to use to really help people understand again their identity and walking in freedom and understanding that The kingdom of heaven is where we get to go, and it's what we get to release here now on earth.
0: Elizabeth Diane with the Nehemiah Project, thank you so very much. Thank you. Has it come to the end of another I Work For Him show? You've heard the challenge. You heard it from a single mom who lives her life real by asking the Lord, hey, what do you want me to do next? How about in your workplace? Lord, how do I touch the person in the next cubicle with your love? How do I make an impact in my workplace? Each and every day we go to work. Are you living like your workplace is your mission field? And In that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. You know that. I own my own business. You may know that too. But ultimately, God is on the throne and I work for Him.